the good news is that there's going to be about four people watching this and two of them are on this podcast right now <laughs> or two, like four people listening to this. So if we mess anything up or say anything stupid, it'll be all right. That's okay. Um, I wrote down two notes on uh, before we even get started. I put uh, to talk about why we started this podcast. Um, I think it's kind of funny, actually, because uh, I'm pretty sure I told you to listen to Can't Hurt Me. And then that's how you started getting into audio audiobooks. Is that correct? I want to say, because I like to keep track of all the audiobooks and books I read and listen to in general. And one of the first ones that I wrote down since I started keeping track of that was Can't Hurt Me. And I am like 99% sure that is uh, the case, is that you told me to listen to it. E- either way, I think that um, the main reason that we started this like book club type thing was to talk about that book. And um, it's kind of funny how now we're starting this podcast talking about not obviously the book that we started listening to, but what would it be called? The, the sequel to it, I guess you could say. Yeah, I would agree. The sequel. That's what I was thinking. So it's kind of funny how we're uh, not talking about that. But um, all right, the next thing I wrote was uh, I put talk about how we started listening to audiobooks, but that's pretty much how we got to to talking about that. So anyway, um, I guess for anybody that listens to this, my name is Colby, and I'm a math teacher, and I'm good friends with Spencer, who is on the other line, and he is an air traffic controller. And I live in Iowa, and he lives in California, and we just decided to um, really just record our interactions with each other. And this is kind of just a way for us to be able to talk to each other a little bit more and uh, keep up with the friendship that is distant, um, like in the physical world, but obviously it's, uh, we have a close bond. So that's the main reason why we started this. So anyway, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> um, I think you summed up us and our relationship and our friendship and the purpose of this uh as great as it could have been said i do remember i specifically remember uh, you brought up that you're a teacher and i'm an air traffic controller our commutes are fairly long and so i remember getting an email for audible like right when i started my job and it was for it was like a super discounted price for like an annual membership and we both got that annual membership because we knew that we would have a lot of listening time to and from work every day. So even though I don't know how long uh, between you asking me to listen to Can't Hurt Me to when we started that, but I think that's when uh, when I first started my job, which is around the beginning of the school year for you, like a month after your school year started, that's when we kind of really hit the ground running with listening to uh, these audiobooks. Yeah, because um, th- we definitely did not start on the Can't Hurt Me. It was after that. I can't remember the actual first book that we listened to. It might have been the Bomber Mafia. It was Green Lights. Was it really Green Lights? Because we, we were discussing one to listen to together, and you said you were started on Green Lights, and you would start over and uh, do it with me at the same time. It was It was Green Lights. Oh, that's really cool. And then I think we shortly after went to the Bummer Mafia. That was probably one of my favorite books. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, I think it, the, the discounted price was like ninety some dollars, and it's typically fifteen dollars a month. So fifteen times twelve is. I'm off the clock right now. I don't really feel like doing that, but um, ninety bucks was very very cheap, and so we were able to uh, 
get 12 credits off of that and be able to listen at least to one book a month. Well, I don't even know if we did that. It takes us a little bit longer, but anyway. Yeah. About, it's weird is that normally I think about like, I Audible is the one monthly subscription where I don't think about it as in per month. I just think about uh, how much that would cost like the hardcover copy because I prefer hardcover over paperback. So oh, wow. okay. most of the credits, it, it, it averaged somewhere between like 8 to $12 a credit which is like, it'd be super cheap for like the physical version of that book. So when I compare it like that, for in my brain, it makes it like easy, like 90 bucks. Like, yeah, but in terms of the per audiobook number, it seems like it's a good deal. Oh, for sure. Do you think you could go through uh, a book a month? Um, like a good sized hardcover book. Not that that matters, but uh, hardcover book a month. Well, I mean, like, so if you were to go to Barnes and Noble and get a book, not that it's hardcover or not, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I don't know why I brought or just that like up, a physical book? Yeah. Like, do you think you could go, I mean, I guess it just depends on the length of it, but I mean, do you think you'd go through a book a month? Um, if I wanted to, it depends. also depends, I guess, like, it always depends on like how life goes because there's like, there's moods. I, I guess I just finished reading uh, in preparation for the new Harry Potter game to come out i reread the entire harry potter series and it's not super difficult to read or like each page goes by pretty quickly so it took me like only three months to read those seven books maybe three and a half months so in that instance i could but then it's for me it's just like once i get done with a series then it's just like for whatever reason i have to like mentally like take a break before i can dive into something else so i think i could but i don't it'd be it would, after a couple months, it would probably be a challenge to continue doing so. I get that because after we finish uh, an audiobook, we typically like to take, depending on, on how long it is and how antsy we are to get to the next book, but we typically take, you know, a week, sometimes even two, to recoup from that. So I understand that. Absolutely. What about you? Could you read a physical book uh, every month, you feel? Yeah. Uh, I just finished one. It was called The Happiest Man in the World. It was only about 180 pages, and it was a biography. But this is the first time ever that a book has just flown by. Like, typically, in when I was in my grade school, I would get a book, and I would, before even reading the chapter, count how many pages it was and think, okay, I just, I just got to make it to the end of the chapter. And this time... Uh, the pages were just flying by, and I think I finished it in less than two weeks. And um, yeah, I loved every moment of it. And it was, like I said, it was about the Holocaust, and that stuff just fascinates me anyway. Um, but yeah, I think I could do that for sure. Nice. Speaking of chapters, I still, I had that mindset too. I just have to get to the chapter, or to the next chapter, rather. Uh, for whatever reason... I my OCD with reading books is when I finish a chapter, I have to see how many pages the next chapter is to make sure because I don't <laughs> I don't like stopping in the middle of a chapter because usually the author uh, has chapters for two separate scenes or separate thoughts or whatever the case may be. So if I have to stop reading, I want it to be where the author would like me to stop reading. So I always have to make sure I know how many pages are left so then I can figure out if I have enough time to read that next chapter and that's just a little quirk about me when it comes to physically reading books i would agree with you on that i never really thought of it as 
the author wanting me to stop at a certain point, but more so, you know, can I finish this in if I have a certain amount of time? But I typically read before bed, so it doesn't actually matter. You know, like I don't have an end. It's just whenever I feel like stopping like reading. And so uh, I don't usually count the pages in mm-hmm. that way because I know that I'm going to read till I go to sleep anyway. So I'll make sure yeah. I get to the end of the chapter. But that makes sense. Do you do the same thing for uh, the audiobooks? Like, do you make sure that you stop at the end of a chapter? Um, not necessarily with audiobooks. If I know, like, usually before I drive, I'll see what there is, like, how much I am going to be able to listen to roughly before I get to work or before I get home. So if I know that I finish a section and the next section is, like, more than five minutes and there's only five minutes until or about a song's worth if i can uh (laughs) if i can get like one song in before going to work then i'll probably finish that section of the book and then play a song and then uh, get to work but i'm a little bit more loose with that with an audiobook versus a physical copy yeah and sometimes it's inevitable to where like that one book we read goodness what was it uh how not to die and yes. the chapters were like an hour and five minutes long. Yeah, there's sometimes, yeah. You have no choice. But if I can, I, if I have a 30-minute drive and it's 25 minutes for the book, the, the chapter, then I'll listen to that and then um, listen to a song or something like that. Do you, since we're on the top of the, the audiobooks, do you listen at one time speed or do you speed up or slow down at all? I do one time speed. I know, and you're gonna. I'll let you talk about what speed you listen to. There was well, the only book I've ever done was How Not to Sleep, the audio version. The physical version, I enjoyed reading that, and maybe it was a mental thing, but reading it and even listening to it uh, made me sleepy. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's when you suggested about increasing the speed. So that was the only audio book I've ever increased the speed on, because sometimes. Uh, when I'm driving, I daydream, as does 99% of human population. So it's, it's easier for me. I don't miss as much since it's not going as fast. Uh, so all books besides How Not to Sleep, which is still a great book, a lot of great information in that book, but all books besides that one, I listen to at a normal 1.0 speed. But I know you, I want to hear... What is your average rate of speed for the audiobooks? Because I think it varies. It, it definitely does vary. On this book, since I love this actor's voice so much, this voice actor's voice, um, I will keep it at one time speed. Even okay. though when I was playing it back, and maybe you heard before we started recording, mm-hmm. um, it was at 1.3 speed, but that's because I'd already listened to it, and I was just trying to get to the information again to see... If, what I wanted, but uh, this guy, I make sure to listen at one time speed. And when we listen to anybody who they're reading about their life, like Matthew McConaughey, I listen to that at one time speed because I want to be able to hear their voice exactly how it is. But gotcha. other ones, I, I typically read at 1.3 or yeah, 1.3 times the speed or sometimes even 1.4. Okay. But I don't typically like to listen to it any faster than that and you could definitely get used to it so i'm sure anybody could really pick up on that but i don't know why there's a three times speed i find that kind of lucrative i don't know how, how yeah, you could, yeah. i think there's a three times speed if i 
Maybe I misspoke. I know there's a two times speed for sure. Well, even two times speed, that's uh, that's pretty incredible to be able to comprehend what they're saying. Okay, the fastest is three and a half. Oh my gosh, that's that seems stupid. ridiculous. For sure. So, anyway, yeah, on this book, definitely one times. I love this guy's voice, and I guess we can get into this here. We only read two, not only, but two chapters. This book is, this audiobook is different for sure because it's broken up into chapters, podcasts, and evolutions, which is very interesting, but uh, I love this format of the book. I know, and I think, uh, I don't remember which chapter was in, but um, I don't want to bounce around too much between the start versus like the end of chapter two, but I know uh, David talks about trying to get his first book published, and he talks about this book too and writing this book how he doesn't want it to be like how every other audio book is and i think it's definitely a unique approach and i don't think it could work for every book but i think for this book it works well how they uh break it up yeah i was thinking about how how somebody like writes a book and how much detail do you leave into it? Because you go to Barnes and Noble or any bookstore, the library, and you see a massive book. Did that person just really feel like giving a lot more detail about the piece of toast that they were cooking in a scene or something like that? Or, you know, it, so it, it's nice to be able to hear the book and then him be able to expand on the things that he finds that he left out in the book, but really did want to talk about, but didn't want it to be a. 2000 page book or however long it would be um i definitely like how the, the format of this is set up for sure yeah i almost think i mean there's got to be physical copies of this book but i feel like if you get the physical copy you're almost missing out by not being able to have the audio of the podcasts yeah i work with a guy and he uh, read the book and said he just thought it was okay he didn't really care for it that much um, and so I recommended the the podcast, or not the podcast, but the audiobook to him. I don't think he's listened to it, but for anybody that I recommend this book to, I tell them, if you don't have Audible, then just get the free version and get this book, or not the free version, but the trial, and get this book as your free book, and I don't think that you'll be disappointed. Um, yeah, it's it definitely would not work for everything, but for this one, it is it's clutch to have for sure. Absolutely. I agree. Okay, well, um, not to make this super long. I don't even know how long this has been recording. 15 minutes already? Jeez. Um, <laughs> if we bounce around on this one, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I was yeah. trying to remember what's in the chapter because other books that we've read, the chapter is like, oh, okay, that chapter was about this. But this first one just says maximizing minimal poten potential. And yeah, I can't the, remember everything within or where yeah. what was said, so... So if we just think about stuff and spitball some ideas, it's not, it's not a big deal. Um, and I, I was going to tell you this when we were off recording, but um, there's like some flack that, not flack, but you know, teachers are held to higher standards. So I don't really want to curse, but I do want to curse so bad, but I don't know who's going to hear this. And uh, it kind of sucks that I have to watch my mouth on this. But the chapter two is Merry Effing Christmas. But um, anyway, so we'll get into that. But so chapter one, I have some notes down here. The, the main thing was just that uh, David was talking about, or I guess David Goggins. It sounds better to say David Goggins than just David or Goggins. I agree. Close, close, to, close together well. But 
he talked about going back and seeing his father. And one thing actually I kind of thought about is before I figured out when his dad passed away, I was kind of concerned that David was talking crap, not crap, but just literally laying everything out on the line about his life. And I thought to myself, you know, he's just using his dad's name and doesn't care like what kind of crap he's going to catch. But then I realized that he died in 2013. And so uh, did you have any thought about that at all? About him using his name or just about that scene or that part of the book well, just in general? Like, just like him talking about his dad. And then, I don't know, like if I was to talk about somebody who is still alive and I had a big audience, I might be kind of scared that they would be upset because he was using his full name. And um, Oh, okay. I see what you mean. I No, honestly, I did not think about that, actually. I was so... Okay. Between that book and this book, reflecting about the first book about David's life and upbringing, I just was more uh, either sympathizing or empathizing with him about all the hardships he had to go to. So I didn't really think about how is it Ernest? Is that his? Was that his dad's name? Ernest? Oh goodness! I should know this. Um, I don't think it's Ernest. Um, not not with a T, just earnest. I thought, but earnest. I don't. I don't know. But either way, I did not think about his father's feelings about him about David using his name. I was more focused on uh, David's side of the story, I suppose. Yeah. Um. I guess I definitely see that. I, it just popped into my head for a little bit. His name is Trueness, by the way. Trueness. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I know I had to look it up, but um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I definitely you know. Uh, sympathize with David Goggins' side and his mom and what they had to go through in the first book, at least. And then him going back, I think he went back with his brother, Trunus Jr., to go see to go see his dad. And he was there for not even a day and said, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Anything else from chapter one that you remember? So, I don't know. I have one main point over everything that he said and he kind of talks about i think early on when he's describing this book and i think it's important to realize this just for everyday life which is one thing that's really good about uh can't hurt me and this book is that it's very applicable you don't have to be a navy seal or an ultra marathoner to uh get something out of these books and the biggest takeaway that i've gotten so far is no matter where you are in your life, no matter how you got there, if it was an abusive father or an abusive mother or just no family whatsoever, that's something you cannot help. The situation that you're in at the moment, like with how, I guess, like everybody gets dealt a different hand or that's the saying. Yeah. So no matter where you start or where you're at at this moment in your life, it's your responsibility, nobody else's, it's your responsibility to get where you would like to be. And I think that's a very powerful message. And I think David talks a lot about people blaming others or being in self-pity of where they're at or feeling sorry for themselves. And instead, he talks about using that energy and manifest that into something positive or motivating to get where you would want to be. And I think that's just, I think that's just a good, uh, just 
good i don't know if words to live by is too cliche but that's what's coming to my mind right now is just at this point we can't do anything about how we've gotten to where we're at right in this very moment but it's our responsibility moving forward nobody else's to get where we want to be yeah he started off by saying that this wasn't a self-help book um and he's really good at not sugarcoating anything but then also really sympathizing because his upbringing was awful and Mm. he can't control that but he was able to turn himself into something and you know he's so sympathetic but at the same time exactly how you said it that you're the only person that can bring you out of whatever misery you're in and whatever hands you've been dealt there's nothing you can do about that so um there's kind of like an analogy that he gave was if you plant seeds like in a garden and um, some seeds have the perfect conditions, they uh, have the right amount of water, they have the right amount of light. Um, and then there's some seeds that are, you know, they don't have those perfect conditions. And while the seeds don't probably move around in the ground to find the, <laughs> the right amount of source of light and water, uh, we as people can, can be that seed but we have the ability to make our situations a lot better. And so we need to, you know, realize that our situation is bad, but that we can bring ourselves out of it. Yeah. He even said like with the flowers, like some of the flowers like have to turn themselves towards the light. So I was thinking of like sunflowers, like they follow the sun throughout the day. So it's just like, even if you're not uh, metaphorically in the light, it's, you got to turn yourself towards that versus just hoping uh, that the next day that it hits you just right. So I, I found that uh, interesting. Yeah, another thing he says, it's in like um, evolution one. He talks about ABC, which is like airway, breathing, and then circulation. Mm-hmm. Is that right? something like that. <laughs> uh, but he says that like when you pull, like when EMT pulls up on a scene and somebody's got their leg wrapped around their head and it's completely dislocated, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in, oh my gosh, that is catastrophic that some EMTs forget to check those vital, those three vital things in order to um, make sure that they're going to survive because, you know, a uh, dislocated leg isn't the end of the world. You're not going to die, most likely. Yeah, but, uh, if you don't check those other things, so a lot of people focus too much on how much pain that they've dealt with in the past, mm-hmm. and um, not saying it's not difficult because I'm very fortunate to where I haven't had to go through much hardships in my life. I mean, a couple here and there, but nothing super catastrophic. So I'm very lucky. I can't quite uh, comment on this too much, but from what David talks about. Uh, it it all goes together, but you, you just can't focus on it too much. You've got to create the life that you want to live. And I mean, you definitely don't forget about your past, but you have to um, kind of move on at some time. Yeah, it actually reminded me, um, this is probably going to be found out at some point throughout the podcast, but um, <laughs> I was in the Marine Corps for five years and in boot camp, um, they make you say a lot of things that are called ditties to help you remember to do things. And part uh-huh. of our training was like first aid because 
Like if you were in a role or in a combat environment and somebody gets hit or somebody does something, the medic is not always going to be right beside you. So you have to be able to um, stabilize them enough until somebody with actual like medical background can help them. So the ditty was, I can't remember exactly, but the first thing was start the breathing. So that's the very first thing you're supposed to do if you come upon somebody is make sure they're breathing and then stop the bleeding. <laughs> And then there was a there's there's four steps. So it was start the breathing, stop the bleeding, third step, which I'm blanking on, and then treat for shock was like the fo- the fourth thing. So I'm guessing like if there was like other wounds or something that might be somewhere in there. But that was when he was talking about the ABCs, like in the Marine Corps. That was what we were taught was that uh, was that saying or that ditty. So I thought that was just a it was just funny just listening to that and that popped into my mind and I haven't heard that saying in years. So. <laughs> That is kind of funny how uh, you remember stuff from the past just from like a little acronym that he talked mm-hmm. about. Like there's one that popped into my head, uh, not to protrude away from the book, but when I was in college, I had a professor who was in her 70s and uh, we were learning mnemonics and how to teach it to students. And she ended up calling a friend that she had in college and was also 70 years old and just called her up randomly and said, hey, do you remember that acronym? that we used back in college and she rattled off the acronym uh super quickly and said exactly what it standed for and it was just kind of cool how that stuff kind of sticks with you and you remember it for a very long time and even though you hadn't used the ditty for a while uh it still popped into your head when we read that that's kind of cool okay let's see um another thing he said i guess this is well this is still chapter one but he talked about uh when you have demons in dark times you're the only person that can help yourself. And uh, if you feel like that, who you currently are, like, or I guess the person that you currently are, if you can't think of a way to get out of the situation, then you have to invent someone who can, meaning invent the person that you want to become, somebody that you think could get out of that situation, and that would help you get out of it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is an interesting point. I agree. All right. Um, the next chapter, honestly, I, I, it's a merry effing Christmas, but I don't quite remember a whole lot from it. And I know I'm blanking because I listened to it twice. But Well, the Christmas specifically was him and his wife going to Florida to visit family. And at the airport, he went to atrial fibrillation. Yes, where AFib. AFib, where his, I can't remember exactly, but his, like, I think his bottom chambers and his top chambers of his heart were out of rhythm or something was out of rhythm with his heart and he had to go to the emergency room. Yes, I actually watched a video of what he had to go through and because <laughs> he told you that he had to get shocked back. So yes, I watched a video on somebody getting shocked back into rhythm and it looks incredibly painful. Now this person was like completely out and so mm. when they shocked him, his it, it's kind of like when you get shocked with the, uh, oh goodness, what's it called? Uh, Fibulator? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That would totally make sense. But it, it's not exactly that. Like they just hook you up to a machine and it jolts your whole entire body and it looks absolutely miserable. But um, I think the main point of that chapter was that uh, sometimes things just get thrown at you, thrown at you and you have to deal with it. Uh, but you have to keep on 
fighting through it to to make it through. I think that was something along the lines of what it was supposed to be that chapter. Yeah. Um, if you have something to write down, I have like something about just like the him creating the book in general. I think it was from chapter two. But if you had something to uh, to go off of what that is, then I'll let you say that first. No, that's all right. I don't have anything for chapter two written down. <laughs> Um, the only other thing I thought was, uh, um, I don't know if he necessarily uh, purposely made it a point, but he talked about, like he bet on himself, and I think it was he when he was talking about publishing can't hurt me. He talked to a few publishers, and they either did not see the same vision for how successful the book was going to be as David did, or they wanted too much money, and so David took out uh, his entire life savings. He said all the savings he saved in his 20 or 21 years in the Navy, he took it all out to publish his book, and it paid off. And just, he said, like, I, again, I don't know if he made it a point of the book, but he, he said, he told um, the other gentleman uh, reading the book, I want to pull up his name real quick, because we talk about how much we like his voice. Oh, we haven't mentioned Adam Skolnick. He tells Adam that he bet on himself when nobody else would, and he told them that you're going to see my book on the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> and he was right; it was on the bestseller list. And he did yeah, he that said, on his own. He said that sometimes you just have to be the only person in the room when nobody else believes in you to uh, put a middle finger up and uh, say "f you." I believe in myself even when it's only you standing by yourself and you just have to bet on yourself. And uh, obviously this perfect example, he did a great job with it. But um, yeah, he obviously believed in his story and knew that it would be a hit and even was told that having it be a podcast-like audiobook, it wouldn't really succeed. And I think it's probably one of the top-selling audiobooks uh, ever ever put out there. Oh, absolutely. I think that um, I've looked it up before, but Can't Hurt Me has, I think, 70... Uh, no, <laughs> double that. 187,000 ratings just on Audible, and it is a five-star rating just at that. Wow. And this book that we are currently listening to has only been out since... December 6th or December 7th, I think. Yeah, so a little over a month. And it has 14,000 ratings and five stars. Wow. So the podcast is definitely a hit. And I've, we've talked about this many times. I think that's what make this book, this, makes this book so unique, is being able to hear, even though it's about his life and it's behind the scenes of his life, it's like behind the behind the scenes. It's very, very in-depth, and uh, it's very enjoyable to be able to hear him talk about it, especially with the author, because the author has questions, not the author, the voice recorder has questions too, and so we get to hear um, his questions get answered as well. Yeah, the other thing, I thought about this earlier, talking about like the no matter what environment you come from, it's your responsibility. So like he, I don't know if this is in the book or if it was just him and one of the podcasts within the book, but he was telling Adam that so uh, David Goggins becomes a Navy SEAL, ultra marathon runner, 
he's an EMT, and I know in Can't Hurt Me, he was like a wild fire firefighter, like in the mountains. So he's done a lot of different things. He's successful. He talked about in one of these chapters how his mother became like a successful like vice president of some company. And I think his brother, Trunus Jr., I think he said he was like a doctor or something. So these three people all experienced um, tough times. Tough times, yeah, for lack of a better term. <laughs> or to, to oversimplify what they went through, yeah, tough times, but thank you. Oh, for yeah, that. I guess it's far far worse than that. But Yeah, no, I, I couldn't think, uh, for people listening as, if, who haven't listened to the book, it's, unless you hear, you have to hear it from David himself about how it went down, but after hearing it, just like the things that they all went through with their father and for them to all still be successful, it's just... It's uh, inspiring, I'd say, to say the very least. And it and it pumps you up. Um, so Tr- Trunus Jr., he has his doctorate's degree. He's a professor. I think I remember hearing that at some okay. university. university, <laughs> university, university. So um, anyway, but uh, it, it, it's really, I mean, I love the, the voice actor's voice who reads the book anyway, and he really gets you hyped up when he says certain things. But then mm-hmm. when David comes on during the podcast, just the way he says it, uh, it actually gets you pump, pumped up as you're reading it. But yeah, it is crazy to, to hear about like the, the dad that treated them so poorly and then all 30 of them became insanely successful despite mm-hmm. what they went through. Um, is his, do you know, is Trunus Jr., his brother, is he older or younger? I think it was... David. You know, I don't know. I for some reason in my head I, I thought younger, but usually the older brother would be like the junior to the father. I feel like the oh. first child would be. I I feel like, I mean, that's just me like uh, generalizing. But I just it always feels like if you were the junior to your father, it's usually like the firstborn. No, that makes sense. I know in the book, David talks about that him and his brother don't remember exactly what happened really that closely together mm-hmm. so it would make sense in my head that trunus jr was younger than david because maybe being younger he doesn't remember everything that david did because obviously david was older but maybe those rules were, were reversed but i don't know because yeah i'm not sure mm-hmm. i do know in the book david talks about how trunus jr is more forgiving towards his father but that could also be because people process trauma differently, and some people just block that out. And then by blocking it out and forgetting some of the trauma, it might make it more easy to forgive. And I'm not saying that everybody has their own situations. I'm not saying not forgiving somebody is a good thing. But also, just depending on how people handle trauma can also be how people handle forgiveness, too. So, No, I get that. I mean, some people have been... Some people have a way of blocking out things better mm-hmm. than others. And so, you know, maybe he is able to forgive because he, whether he's younger or older, maybe he just uh, blocked it out and is able to forgive because he doesn't quite remember or just, I I guess you said it a lot better than I am, but um, yeah, just trying to process that trauma is different for both of them and the mom yeah. too. But the oh, mom sure. is, yeah. and the mom had to deal with it way longer than, Probably David did. I mean, obviously, married before. Yeah. So she's just super quiet. And then the lady that Trunus was married to, 
after David's mom, she was just as scared and timid. They talked about that when mm-hmm. um, they were out at that restaurant. What was it? Not Perkins, but I don't know. Denny's. <laughs> Denny's, yeah. So anyway, great book so far. I'm I'm happy that we're able to record this podcast, even if we don't post it or whatever happens with it. It's enjoyable to be able to talk to you about it, even though uh, it feels weird to have everything that I'm saying be recorded. <laughs> it doesn't feel as... Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's definitely a unique experience of uh, knowing it's recorded and just trying to... Um, Articulate your words and pick them yeah, out perfectly. You, you try to be... I, I, I understand it's not going to be perfect, especially starting out, but it's definitely different than just a casual conversation. And we've had... I mean, we've known each other for since we were at least 10 years old. So however many casual conversations we've had with each other, and then just versus this is like one of our first, uh, I wouldn't say professional, but somewhere between professional and non-casual, just trying to figure out the best way and going about the conversation is a unique thing, but enjoyable at the same time. Yeah, it definitely feels... Not like I'm being interviewed, but just that I have to really think about what I'm going to say, even though it really doesn't matter because the odds of people saying this, not that that even matters, it, it's slim, but um, at the same time, you know, I'm just glad that we're actually just doing it. And so it doesn't really matter how it comes off as long as we get to do the things that we, that we want to do. I've wanted to make a podcast with you for a while. And I, I don't even know when we, when we first started to think about you know, recording it. I think it maybe it was Sarah's idea. Um, uh, it might have been. I know she was definitely at least part of the conversation when we initially were talking about it. Yeah. And for people who don't know, uh, Sarah is my wife. Isn't that like the most? It, it's interesting because you and I are just having a conversation, but we have to kind of like, uh, yeah, like introduce, <laughs> like character yeah, and, develop almost. <laughs> yeah like when we started off and i said that i was a math teacher it's like you've known that for a very long time and i don't know i just find that kind of funny yeah no i honestly i have i'm thoroughly enjoying this i i feel like i'm a type a personality i think you are too but i did not prepare as much as i would have liked to however and you're and you're killing it i i think we're both I, i i like the flow that we have Again, at least this first podcast, who knows, maybe one day our thousands of viewers will want to hear the <laughs> original audio of the, of the, what's the word I'm looking for? The beginning, the origin, <laughs> the origins of this podcast. So they might That's find it. That's a good it. zombie map, by the way. What was that? That's a good zombie map, by the way. Origins? <laughs> Did you play that one? Honestly? Oh my gosh. Um, I'd have to look at. I can't. I can never remember all the maps. Yeah, we're geeking uh, out now, or at least I am. But uh, I mean, I think I. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really prepare a whole lot, and here we are, thirty-nine minutes later. Maybe just rambling. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, but, uh, but I mean, honestly, any podcast you listen to. I mean, not any podcast. I should say. I have. I have. I listened to a couple podcasts. One is just a singular guy talking about multiple different topics. A couple others are 
that's I've talked to you about it before, but it's called the political orphanage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not I have strictly politics, but the gentleman, his name is Andrew Heaton, and for people who find themselves either in the middle when it comes to politics or not really sure where they are or they have a little bit of views of both, I'd consider myself somebody who has uh, has adopted views of like both political parties. I mean, also like a libertarian. I don't know. I'm kind of like I pick and choose because I feel like it's it's not. I don't know if insane. I could is the do right word. be all the way on one side or all the way on the other side. That doesn't like, exactly. That's I'd, that's called a uh, not a clone. But when you make something perfect, whatever that I can't even. That's maybe that's it. But uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm I'm definitely more in the middle as well because I pull from both the left and the right. So he, I would say he talks about idea like, uh, for example, Roe versus Wade when that was a big, uh, big thing in the news, with the Supreme Court uh, ruling on that. He did a he does a lot of studying and a lot of homework part each podcast, and it shows with what he talks about and the data that he uses to support his topics and his arguments. And I would say he is the most objective you could probably get in regards to talking about things that are even slightly related to politics and i think he does a good job of just talking about what is going on and how that could affect you and he talks about on his podcast a lot how he's not afraid to be proven wrong which he he says that that's a big problem that people have is like being afraid of being proven wrong but that's like he's just wants to have good conversations with people and he does bring people onto his podcast sometimes, or sometimes he just has a podcast all himself and it's very well articulated. But then you have other podcasts, I guess, as well, uh, coming full circle on this, like the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast, which I'm sure most people have at least listened to like clips of you on YouTube. But I mean, Joe Rogan podcast is, I mean, it's good conversation, but some of it is just, it's just a good solid flow, maybe, maybe rambling, but I don't think in a negative way, just, good constant communication or we've listened to uh the midwest i can't think of the name of the podcast the midwest podcast oh you betcha podcast yeah the you betcha they uh i mean those are just like three dudes having a conversation the entire time and i honestly feel like it's more of a casual conversation but they make it flow real well so they do make it flow and i think it it's a little bit easier when you've got well because joe rogan does a great job at it and it's just him and one other person and i think of the you betcha podcast they have three or four typically and their their flow is really well and it's Absolutely. just funny it's just four guys hanging out drinking beer having a good time and recording their conversation and so mm-hmm. that's kind of where we got the inspiration to do this one um just so that we can talk and have a good time and interrelate on uh, certain topics but um yeah so I, I mean i've enjoyed doing this and i think it it's flowed really well, and I've been holding this mic in my hand for 43 minutes, and it doesn't feel like that. I've been doing it for that long. You have to you have to hold it in your hand. You can't like set it on your desk. I can, but I feel like I have to get close to it, and I want to lean back in my chair. So I've just been like I'm in my my um, office chair, uh-huh. and I'm just kind of leaning back and looking up at the world map as I talk into this mic. So it's all right. Interesting. Okay. Because I, I feel like I would forget that if I had a boom or the arm, that I would forget to make sure I speak into it. So if we were actually in person, 
mm-hmm. and we had multiple people, I feel like that would be a little bit harder because you'd want to like turn and look at them. But then you'd turn yes. your head away from the mic, depending on how good the mic is, because some of them are extremely directional mm-hmm. and others are not. I think mine's not very directional. So anyway, I digress. Well, I think uh, it came about 45 minutes at this point. I think that'd be uh, a good place to end our very first ever uh, podcast that has yet to be named. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how am I supposed to post this when we don't have a name for it? So that's going to be kind of difficult. The no-name podcast, how original. <laughs> but no, um, I mean, I just want to thank you, Spencer, for wanting to do this first off and asking me, this is a long time ago, but asking me to be your best man because that's what ultimately brought us closer together. I mean, we played Minecraft over the quarantine, which really helped our bond to get back together. But uh, thank you for asking me to be your best man. And then obviously it led to this here and agreeing to do the podcast and listen to audiobooks. It's been very enjoyable learning, um, not just from the audiobooks, but learning what you have to say. Because um, I know you hype me up with like the the advice or like what you think a relationship should be but i i don't hype you up enough but i think that you uh are very articulate you speak very very well and i often try to learn how to be to speak more like you because i think you're very good at it well thank you i don't always think that i i feel like you you i mean i guess we both i i think you speak better than i do and i was going to say both of us, we have to speak, you have to speak to kids all day and to get them to pay attention and to make you have credibility with what you're saying, you have to speak well. And then for me, I mean, everything is a little bit more, uh, it's very broken up because air traffic control, you're supposed to have specific phrases in order to say things quickly and concisely. So it's not necessarily the same, but we both have to speak intelligently every single day. So I think that helps and I would also just like to say thank you to you because I am not good um, at starting conversations. So you are, have always been persistent in texting me back or calling me and keeping me accountable of having these conversations. So I don't think... Uh, and you're very technically savvy. So I think that... Uh, this podcast is in good hands with oh, I appreciate uh, that. with you and with both of us, but especially with uh, with you. So, well, you're the one that figured out how to make you a mod on this uh, Discord. So, <laughs> I just got lucky and googled this like <laughs> ten minutes before we started. How to record in Discord? So that was just kind of <laughs> dumb luck. That's a good point. Very good point. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh... I think we'll go ahead and end it here. I don't even know how we could end this. How does other people end their podcast? All right, see you guys later. Uh, yeah, until maybe we can speak more offline, but either until we speak again or until next time. I like until next time because like that kind of not hints. I guess it uh, perpetuates or like there's going to be a, a next podcast or a next thing for the listeners to listen to. So until next time or until the next one or. Do we say it together? Um, <laughs> I think whoever, I think it's just whoever wants to say it first and then the other person just says, it was, follows and I don't know. 
All right. Well, uh, until next time, uh, we'll talk to you later. And thank you for listening for anybody who joined in. And it was uh, fun chatting with you, Spencer. It was fun chatting with you too, Colby. Thank you. All right.